To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Welcome to Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, Episode 117. For October 4th, 2015. Hey you, let us through, it's a bright new star Oh come, be the first on your block to meet his eyes Make way, here he comes, ring bells, bang the drum Are you gonna love this guy? Well, howdy hody everybody, how are you? My name is Al And I'm Joyce And we're the hosts of this fun show You might not remember that, but we are <laughs> Why wouldn't they remember? I don't know We've been away for a couple weeks yeah, not, just a couple. Yeah, not literally away, but we've been here, we just haven't been in your ears. <laughs> Unless, of course, you were listening to old episodes, then we were... Never mind. It's Silly. confusing, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's been kind of crazy and busy around here. Yes, it has. Yeah, so we apologize for being lax in uh, getting these episodes out to you, but things have been kind of crazy. I mean, wow, we've been doing a lot... Um, Getting ready for uh, you know our trip to Europe. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just it's just been crazy. Um, if you follow me or Joyce on uh, on Facebook, um, you see that you know we rebuilt my my little booth until uh, I can you know upgrade to a professional booth. Uh, I have this well self built one DIY one, and um, over the you know what two years. I've been doing this year, two, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. It's kind of evolved from uh, a small stand with a microphone and a few pieces of uh, sound uh, uh, foam around it to what I'm sitting in now, which is, a, well, it's almost a booth, huh? It is a booth. Yeah, we built this thing last, was it last weekend? Actually, it took us two weekends to build it. To complete it, yeah. Yes. Um Oh, that's right. So, yeah, the, not last weekend, but the weekend before that, we started this uh, short little project. <laughs> Our 15-minute project. Yeah, 15-minute project. I uh, I had this idea, you know, I wanted to build a... Because we have, you know, where we live, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of airplanes, uh, you know, the small little airplanes. There's a lot of trucks and stuff. And I've been doing some, you know, I've been doing some learning, studying on uh, sound acoustics and things like that. And... Um, I realized that I really had I had no ceiling I guess you would say uh, over my booth over my microphone that was you know between the microphone and the room ceiling you know the house ceiling so I kind of built this uh, I built a frame uh, you know it's like I mean if you look at it uh, if you look at the pictures you'll see it it's it looks just like the frame of a room so it's like a small what is this? Uh, four, four, four by, by four. Six yeah, four by four by six and a half feet high. Um, skeleton of a of a room, you know, uh, the wood beams and all that stuff. And then it's got a ceiling on it. And I put um, sheetrock on on the two sides, and then the back side is is butted up against uh, the regular wall. And then I have a ceiling with sheetrock on it. And um, we, you know, I cut, uh, I had Home Depot cut the wood and I assembled this whole thing outside in our backyard. And uh, just as I got the last piece put on, Joyce says, is that going to fit in there? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, that might be hard. So we, we actually, we walked it in, you know, the, uh, we walked the whole thing. I didn't have the walls on yet, did I? No. Okay, so we walked the frame in. Yes, the- you did have the drywall on. Okay, yeah. Uh, the- oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. We had the whole thing assembled mm-hmm. out there. Um, so we walked it in, in through our patio door and then into the hallway where the studio is. And it wouldn't fit in the door because it wouldn't. You know, we couldn't get it to, you know, fit around the corner into the yeah, door. We have lots of weird angles in our house. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me!" So we brought it back out and um, left it in the living room overnight. And then the next day, you know, I'm looking at it and I told Joyce, "You know what? Um, it's this is only going to take about 15 minutes to disassemble, move all the pieces in, and reassemble." And then we got started, and then four and a half hours later, <laughs> and many, many cuts, contusions, and bleeding uh, on my part. I uh, have a couple of bruises. Yeah, Joyce too. got beat up too with it too. Um, we got it reassembled, and then pushed back into the corner where I needed. It. It's a perfect fit; fits right in the corner. And then uh, finished it all off, and and then um, the following weekend, last weekend. I, I had some brainiac ideas. What I wanted to do was extend the, uh, the walls a couple feet, you know, so probably like two feet out so that I could take the wall to ceiling um, moving blankets. I got like four or five layers of moving blankets from the ceiling to the floor. Well, I wanted to take those, bring them down so that they're just on top of it and cover the front. And yeah, that took another couple of hours, didn't it? it Actually, did. it probably took another four hours. <laughs> And but, many, many trips to Ace Hardware and, and Home Depot. Oh, no, many trips to Home Depot. Uh, we have an Ace Hardware, but Home Depot is a little bit farther away. And Ace Hardware is pretty nice, but it's a little bit more expensive. And uh, the final time we had to go out to get something, I told Joyce, I don't care if it costs a couple dollars more. <laughs> I want to go to Ace. I'm tired of going to Home uh, Home Depot. Because people are probably laughing at us by now, huh? Yes. But yeah, so finally, uh, got it all put together. I took lots of pictures and posted them on, uh, I think I, uh, it's on Storyteller Facebook, I think. I think so. Yeah. So if you want to take a look at uh, at, at a home, uh, do-it-yourself vocal booth. With two people that are not carpenters. Yeah. And, and I, was, I was reminded exactly why I never got into carpentry and why I can't make my living as a carpenter because I'd have no fingers <laughs> or hands. Or skin on my shins. <laughs> so anyway, sorry about that. That was kind of an impromptu thing, huh? Yeah. So what's going on with you? Not a whole lot. Well, we got rain today. We did. Finally! Yes. We weren't supposed to, though. No, not until this evening. We were planning on doing yard work this morning. Yeah. Um, but Mother Ooh, Nature... is hot. Mm. Drinking my throat coat tea. But Mother Nature said, no. Yeah, we have other plans for you. Yeah, so it's clearing up a little bit now. So after the podcast, I'll I'll go out and do some yard work before it starts mm-hmm. raining again. But the temperatures have dropped considerably. I know it's funny. We say they've dropped considerably. It was ninety <laughs> degrees yesterday, and we thought that it was just like Burr. Yeah. Yeah, very cold. We took Katie to the park and enjoyed yeah. some time outside. Yeah, we enjoyed some time outside. It was you know it wasn't too bad either. It was slight breeze and. Uh, and I see Kate, you can, I don't know if you can hear Kate fluffing up the floor again, as she always does. Right on cue, right? That's right. Yeah, so, uh, oh, uh, hey, our good friend Rick Moyer, he uh, he accepted, he was working part-time 
as a DJ at uh, Kix 95.3. Um, I think it's a country station up in Grace Harbor, Washington, where he lives. Yep. And um, he accepted a permanent part-time position. Actually, I think it's considered full-time. Yeah, I don't know. In the radio world. He's working He's working quite a few hours, so he's live on the radio. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so he, congratulations, Rick. Yeah, I, I like country music, so I've yeah, listened to a few of his um, shows. His shows on internet radio. And, yeah, well, I mean, it, he it's 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 an FM radio station, but they they also broadcast uh, live on uh, on the internet, which is really cool. Um, I never you know I never knew about that kind of stuff. That's kind of fun. <laughs> Kate seems to have, be having a lot of fun over there. <laughs> um, was it last weekend or the weekend before we went to see Aladdin? It was the weekend before. Yeah, boy, time just goes crazy. Yeah, we got. Um, through D23, through our free memberships, and, uh, you know, for reference as to how Joyce and I really feel about paying for D23, you know, reference a few episodes <laughs> yeah. back in the day. But, um, uh, yeah, we, we, we got uh, we, we got uh, tickets, we got passes. I mean, it was a free thing for D23. They, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yeah, interrupt no, you, but um, they chose three cities to where they were going to have the special big screen screening yeah of aladdin of the diamond blu-ray release mm-hmm. yeah so um it was sacramento phoenix and seattle no seattle i believe yeah, seattle, was, was the seattle. third one um so i think phoenix was the first one mm-hmm. and it was nice it was oh it was so cool seeing aladdin on the big screen i i hadn't seen aladdin on the big screen since it first came out yeah. way back in the 90s and you know Everything was was great, but I do have, and I'm just oh, gonna no, say, go I yeah. just have one complaint, and this is a complaint that I have with so many. It's a pretty standard many, complaint with, with so the many, B23. Yeah, so now we drove an hour and a half, which I'm not complaining about the drive because you know we chose to do that, but they were very very clear that. Nobody was going to be allowed in until 9.30. So we got there about 20 after 9, and there were a lot of people sitting outside. But we noticed that people were um, going in. They weren't waiting outside. They were going into the movie theater. So, um, you know, when we saw a lot of people, we thought, oh, well, they're just lining up at the door. No. They let them in the movie theater. Yeah, they were letting... Well, not actually in the theater theater, but inside the theater house so that yeah. they could already get in line, which wasn't, which was really not fair. I mean, especially for those people who were sitting out there obeying the, the rules that D23 set forth, mm-hmm. and all these people who are walking up are getting in and getting in line way before them. Yeah, but everything that they sent out said... You know, no exceptions. Mm-hmm. No one will be allowed inside until 9.30. So when we got, when we saw that people were lining, you know, going in, um, at this point it was about 25 after 9. And by the time we got in there and checked in, there were probably, I don't know, maybe 30 people ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they're going to make those rules, they need to stick to them. Well, they did the same thing from from everything I read and saw about the expo and stuff they did the same thing they, they said okay nobody's allowed to line up until this time but people were lining up overnight and yeah. it's just the way they are and, and 
you know, maybe knowing that the, from now on, that's how we respond. Yeah, we just do that. but it's still not fair. And, I you know, know, I really, really enjoyed seeing Aladdin, yeah. and I don't want to make a negative thing out of it, but that really, really needs to change. Yeah. It's just not fair to those people who... Who obey the rules? Right, right. But but like I said, it was it was super fun seeing it on the big screen. And they had a, they had a few surprises for us too. Um, as uh, you know, as we were leaving after the movie, and and, and I'll back up about the movie in a minute. But after the movie, you know, they had a little goodie bag for everybody. Uh, there was what there was like a small red D twenty three neoprene phone case, some postcards, and this is the this is the thing that I am really so geeked out about. It's a, is it an 8x10 choice or a 10x13? Um, I think it's an 8x10. 8x10 lithograph print of, of the drawing, the hand drawing of Genie. And it's signed. They're all signed. But, you know, it's a lithograph. But it's signed by uh, Eric Goldberg, who is the supervising animator of the Genie. Um, and stamped with numbers on him. And it is, it's so cool. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a great collectible. And, you know, Joyce and I both got one. And we're going to... Uh, put them in frames, and I'm going to put mine in in my studio here. And Joyce put hers in her office. That's right. Um, but like I said, Eric Goldberg, the supervising animator of Genie, he was the surprise guest. Uh, you know, they they brought him into the theater, and he spoke all about his experiences animating the Genie and working with Robin Williams. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, I did get it recorded because you know they didn't have the thing where you couldn't record anything. So I, I recorded it, uh, I, I videoed it with uh, my iPhone. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to pull the audio from that and I'm going to put it in this episode so you'll get to hear the audio. But I'm also going to post the video on YouTube so you get to see it. So it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, he's really kind of funny. He was really funny. He, and oh, I love the shirt he was wearing. Very, oh, I know. Yeah, very um, uh, John... Um, Lassiter. Lassiter style shirt, yeah. Yeah. So um, a little bit more about this lithograph. So they had a drawing when we checked in. Um, they gave us all raffle tickets, and then they gave us a um, a gift card for mm-hmm. either fruit oh, popcorn yeah, or probably. soda. Um, but the person um, that they chose for the drawing, he actually, she, mm-hmm. um got the hand-drawn well he drew it right there yeah right yeah there eric the, goldberg the drew theater. yeah he, he drew right in front of everybody he drew the genie and signed it and and uh, a young woman uh, uh won the raffle it's like wow that would be yeah. so cool and but it was funny was because happy. she was dressed like jasmine yeah she was dressed like jasmine too yeah that was funny and oh we met up with our good friend pirate wesley and his daughter boy that was that was kind of fun i knew he was going to show up but you know, I didn't see him by the time the we were ushered into the theater. And I was like, uh-oh, he's not going to make it. But, yeah, they showed up, and, yeah, it was nice talking with you, Pirate Wesley. Yes, it was. Yeah. and uh, So, anyway, um, okay, all right. Now, <laughs> here's the big elephant in the room. Um, the big Disney news right now, is, as of, what, midnight tonight? Midnight last midnight night. Midnight last night, I mean. Yeah, midnight uh, today. Midnight today. Disneyland changed their annual passes, okay? And I'm not really... We're not going to get into this, really. Um, We're not going to get into a debate or a discussion about it. But um, apparently, (laughs) Disney restructured their annual passports and um, raised the prices considerably. Yep. So... The the premium, well, it, it they, what the do they call it now? Signature Plus. Signature Plus, which is basically the premium, I think. 
uh, is now $1,049 per person per year. And they have a few different, uh, I think, they have a total of three different ones, right? Yeah, so the, what used to be, let's see, used to be... So they have the Signature Plus, Deluxe which is 1049 Then they have the Signature... Yeah, so the Signature, I believe, used to be the Deluxe. Well, they, yeah, okay, but they still have the Deluxe. But anyway, um, anyway, <laughs> the bottom line is it's uh, 1049 899 and then I think 599 mm-hmm. for the annual passes. And, uh, you know, as you would guess, uh, social media is blowing up over this. There's so many people that are so angry and just, you know, being very, very vile and um, I haven't read any nasty of them. to about Disneyland. But like I said, we're not going to we're not really going to discuss what, what we what we think. But we want to know what you guys think about this this is the second price hike this year i think right no they did the last one in 2014 i think are you sure i don't know that no they... i think they just raised rates not too long ago oh, oh, right would... yeah they just raised ticket rates oh. not too long ago and then they they restructured this so what do you guys think i mean is it is it still worth it to buy uh, uh an annual pass to disneyland knowing how much it costs so and if, and if you live in southern california and you can do the payment plan um, has that changed for you too since yeah. since you have to I think you have to put $99 down and then you have to make monthly payments I'd do it I would so totally do it I would too yeah. but anyway uh, yeah so what do you guys think about this let us know so what else is going on with you not much getting ready to start back to school yeah. on the 20th she's gonna go for her third master's degree yep I have to call her master no, she makes don't. me call her master. I do not. Master. And actually, um, last weekend, last Saturday, was our annual graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, graduation is usually in May, but they moved it to September for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but it was it was nice. I mean, it always mm-hmm. makes me cry. Because so. you have to work? <laughs> no, it's just really emotional, and yeah. I, and and it just always, I don't know. Mm. But no, I could have walked this year because um, last September I graduated with my Master of Arts, but I never walked, and this was actually the first graduation since since I finished it. But mm-hmm. I chose not to, yeah. and I won't when I finish my my next one either. No, what about the one after that? I'm not going after. Oh yeah, that's what you said about this. That. I know. <laughs> But well, I'm really not. Yeah. Um, I recently contracted with Jeff Barnes, the author of The Wisdom of Walt Disney, Leadership Lessons from the Happiest Place on Earth, Success Strategies. It's a cool book and it's selling very, very well. But uh, I, I contracted with him to convert his wonderful book into an audio book. Yay! Yay! I'm so looking forward to this. I I am so happy to narrate anything about Walt Disney. As long as it's good, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be starting production on it in a couple of weeks, and it should be available by the end of October. So. Yeah, and then once you finish, or once you get started on it, we're going to have him on the show, right? Yeah, we'll have, yeah, we'll have Jeff on the show uh, once I start production, and then, uh, you know, he'll talk about... Um, he'll talk about the book. He'll talk about, uh, we'll, we'll ask him how he got started with his love for Disney, when it all started for him. And uh, We also have some surprise guests coming up soon. We do. That, that you guys might like, so stay tuned for that. Uh, oh, we're still looking for a sponsor. 
we have some great opportunities for you or your company uh, to sponsor this very successful show, I must say. Um, and we're starting something new. Okay. So if you don't want to sponsor the entire show, but you still want to get involved and help us you know, keep this show on the air for you, we have something called Sponsor a Segment. So if you'd rather just sponsor us for a, you know, a running segment, say like you know, the Fact or Fiction, it would, and you sponsored us for that, it would be like Fact or Fiction, sponsored by, insert your name here. <laughs> so instead of, like I said, insp- instead of sponsoring for the entire show, we could do segments for like $5 per month. That way you could help us keep this show going. Because, you know, it's not easy being green. <laughs> yeah. So officially, it's Halloween season at Disneyland, and we're quite blue or green, depending on you want to look at it. Uh, why aren't you orange? Why would I be orange? Because pumpkins are orange. Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> that was a funny one, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I can be funny well, sometimes. Yes, yeah. Well, you married me, so. But anyway, um, if anybody's planning a trip uh, to enjoy this fun time of year, we'd kind of like to hear about it. We want to live very vicariously through you. So if you're planning a trip or if you've been to Disneyland, Disney, Disneyland, Disneyland, um, yeah, <laughs> for the Halloween season, let us know. Oh, you know what I just heard too? What did you hear? And this is probably old news, old news for most people. Uh, Mickey's Halloween party is completely sold out for 2015. Oh, no. I know. Well, I hope everybody that wants to go is able to go. That's right. Hey, guess what? What? Any of you guys ever heard of Periscope? I have. Have you really? Periscope? Yeah. Periscope is kind of a cool thing. I think it ties in with Twitter. Yes, it does. But what Periscope is, is it allows us, anybody really, to do like a live broadcast of something. And both Joyce and I are on Periscope. I'm... Uh, I'm under st- a storyteller, Al. And I'm at Tells Podcast. Yeah, Joyce Well, not at, yeah, just Tells Podcast. Tells Podcast. So what we're planning on doing is on our next episode in two weeks, and we'll give more information on social media, we're going to do a live Periscope of, of us recording the show. Would that be fun? Yeah, so you'll get to see all my giggles when, yeah. I'm, when I mess up and I make little giggles. Little giggle giggles. The only problem, though, is that since we have, you know, I'm in a booth and Joyce is, you know, not in here with me. She's in a separate location. Um, we're going to have both of our accounts going, you know, uh, you can. So you'll be able to watch. You'll be able to watch us, you know, either on Storyteller Al or on Tales Podcast and just keep switching back and forth to see the different views. Would that be fun? That'd be lots of fun. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. So I hope <laughs> you can participate. Okay. On with the show. Okay, so here is our first, my first actor. Okay, now remember, we only have 10 seconds. Okay, ready? Disneyland offered the first annual passport in 1987. That would be fiction. Fiction. 
Mm-hmm. The first one, if that mm-hmm. is indeed fiction. 1984. <gasps> You're right. So it was <laughs> fiction. The first annual passport was sold to Magic Kingdom Club members exclusively in 1984. The cost was $65 for adults and $45 for children. And the following year, they opened it up to everyone. <laughs> well, guess what? What? I got that one right, so that's one for me. That's right. But also, guess what? That was your, one of your that questions? That was one of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> like we told you guys, we, we, we create these questions... And we don't tell each other what they are, so, yeah. So now I'm down one question. I'll have to come up with one on my own. Okay. All right, so you ready? Ready. For those of you keeping score at home, it's Al one, Joyce none. Only because I don't have one yet. Shh, quiet. All right. Originally, the Indiana Jones attraction was conceived as a two-part experience. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Wrong. It's a fact. Believe it or not, the creators had planned to develop a mini land dubbed Indiana Jones and the Lost Expedition. It was going to be a giant complex that featured the adventure ride that we all know and love and a minecart roller coaster. Oh, that would be fun. I know. That was, you know, kind of like they're doing with Star Wars Land. That would have yeah. been cool. Would have been. Yeah, okay. So, again, for those of you at home... That's L1, Joyce 0. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad was in the planning stages for 10 years, and it took 18 months to build at a cost of $17 million. Fact or fiction? Hmm. 10 years? I'm going to say fiction. You are wrong. It is a fact. It cost the same amount to build Big Thunder Mountain as it did to build Disneyland in 1955. Really? Really. Wow. That's crazy. I know. And it and it was 10 years in the planning? 10 years in the planning. Holy shnikey. <laughs> okay. So, question. California Adventure was originally to be the West Coast version of Epcot called Westcott. Mm-hmm. Fiction. You sure? I'm sure. Fact. Wow, I'm not doing very well today. According to tons of reports, and I didn't read it on Wikipedia, so you know it's true. (laughs) The idea for California Adventure arose when the plans for Westcott, which was going to be a science-centric futuristic utopia styled after Epcot, were scrapped in 1995 due to its estimated $3 billion dollars to build and some other challenges. I don't think it would have been very popular. I don't know. I really don't think so. I think that they, well, they had problems with California Adventure to begin with. Until they opened Cars Land. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so again, Al one, Joyce none. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Okay, ready? Uh huh. Guests are never more than 20 steps away from a trash can in Disneyland. And that would be a fact. Wrong. What? 30 steps away from a trash can. <laughs> okay, 30. But for me, it'd be 20 because I take longer steps. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's cool. I, 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 you got me. Good. Mm. Still one to nothing, though. Still one to nothing, though, yeah. <laughs> okay. The red car trolleys in Buena Vista Street are real working trolleys powered by the overhead wires. 
I think that's fiction. I think they're powered by propane. Mm. You sure? Yes. Well, you're right. It's fiction, but it's not powered by propane. Powered by pro. Boy, you say that three times fast. Powered by propane. Is it powered by, by the oil that they no, use in the restaurant? No, no, not at all. No, the overhead wires are just an illusion. They're just for show. But the trolleys are actually battery powered. Ah. Okay. And here's a bonus fact: one trolley is numbered six twenty-three. The twenty-three, of course, refers to the year Walt arrived in L.A. And the other trolley is seven one seven, which represents the month and day Disneyland opened, July seventeenth. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, so we're tied. Yes. All right. Alrighty. The gold stake in the cobblestone near Sleeping Beauty Castle is the geographical center of Disneyland. Fact Ball. or fiction? Fiction. That is correct. <laughs> there is a survey marker located here, but it's not the center of Disneyland. Um, guests can also find another survey marker on the path um, from Pirates to the Haunted Mansion. There's also one over in uh, California Adventure. It used to be, it's where it, where the bridge used to be, right underneath it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, are you ready? I'm ready. In the Little Mermaid attraction, there's a character made famous by Don Knotts, Barney Fife from Andy Griffith. Mm-hmm. Fact or fiction? That is a fact. You sure? I'm positive. You're right. It's a fact. Mr. Olympus. Yeah. Toward the end of the big room scene, you know, where, where there's all the music and dancing and everything, as you approach the dancing aerial, look quickly to the right and you'll see the incredible Mr. Limpet tucked away behind some seaweed. Oh, I called him Mr. Olympus. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Olympus. No, it's Mr. Limpet. Excuse me. Yeah. That made you laugh and cough at the same time. It did. <laughs> okay. So, what's your next one? Okay. My final one. The maximum speed of the Disneyland monorail is 35 miles per hour. Fact or fiction? Mm, Fact. You are correct. You don't have any facts for that? I don't. It goes 35 miles per hour. Mm. Oh. (laughs) That's all I have for you. All right. So here's one for you. Uh, Since I have to make make one up on the fly, right? Uh Uh-huh. Fact or fiction? My first visit to Disneyland... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I really don't have any more. So, uh, even if I... Well, no, because we were... Were we tied? We were, were we tied two to two? No, I think you have one more than I do. Okay. But I don't remember because I wasn't keeping track. Yeah. Well, I can't do, I can't do my final one then because you already asked it. Well, here was my, here was my final one, just for, for, for giggles. So, the big news about Disneyland is, of course, the price increase and the restructuring of the, of the annual passports. As of midnight today, they now have a Signature Plus for $1,049, Signature for $849, and the Deluxe for $599. But when the annual passports were first created in 1984, the cost of the AP was just $25. That was mine. So you that's how I knew what yours was. <laughs> that's kind of funny that we both came up with the same one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well... That's our fact or fiction. Um, hope you guys had fun playing at home. Let us know if you you know how many you got right or how many you got wrong. And if you have any fact or fiction questions to submit or any freestyling questions, we'd love to hear about them. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> As promised, here's the audio of Eric Goldberg discussing all his fun stuff with Aladdin.
For example, the Tiger's Head Cave was done in computer animation, although I did the hand-drawn version of it before they animated the Tiger's model. The carpet was a combination of hand-drawn and computer animation. We used the computer to texture map the Persian pattern on it. Uh, other things in terms of the character design and the background design, it felt very, very unified in Aladdin because we made a concerted effort to make it so. Um, Richard Vanderwind, who was the production designer, was doing what I would call Hollywood Arabian background design, where everything was very S-curvy. And I was the first animator on, on the program while everybody else was still finishing Beauty and the Beast. So I thought, well, what kinds of characters fit in curvy environments, curvy characters? Ergo, my hero, Al Hirschfeld. And so, for the first time for our generation of animators, we all group designed the characters in the film. We all got in a room together with John and Ron and with Richard Vanderwend, and we all co-designed our characters to live in the same world. So if you think of Aladdin and Jasmine is, is the conservative end and the genie and Iago are the wackiest end of that curvy universe, but they all still work together. If you look at Aladdin's harem pants, they have the same Hirschfeldian curves in them that the genie does. And so they can all live in the same frame and, and interact together quite successfully. And you can't say enough about how innovative the humor was in this film because we were all aware when we were making it we've never seen this kind of humor in a Disney film before and of course a lot of that came from our friend Mr. Robin Williams. Yeah, so. you, you tell so many great stories about your time with Robin one of my favorites is when you, you tell the story about the first day of recording. I think, I think they would love this one. Well, you know, John and Ron, you know, are very, very great and they're very collaborative. So when we went to record Robin the first time, which was up at Skywalker Sound in Marin County and in, in, uh, you know, near San Francisco, they said, hey, do you want to go on the stage and watch Robin and do his, you know, his, observe his facial mannerisms and his body language so that you can incorporate some of that in the animation? I said, yeah, great. Big mistake. Because <laughs> here I am sitting there like three feet from Robin Williams and realizing I'm creased up trying not to laugh because I'm right there. I'm going to kill the recording if I laugh. And Robin doesn't take a break for about a half an hour. He just goes straight, blams. Finally, he takes a break. And I'm like, ah, I'm going behind the glass now. <laughs> but he just gave us so much material and so much warmth to the character. I don't think the character would have been the same without him. Yeah, yeah. And 16 hours of... of content from, from Robin Williams. Yes, he gave us a lot of material. And the movie of course, isn't even close to 16 hours. No. Did you guys plan to be here for the next day? <laughs> so, you know, you obviously had to pick what made it into the movie. What about everything that was left over? Well, you know, for the longest time, John and Ron and I knew we had all this material. We knew that there was all this Robin Williams gold that never made it into the movie. So, as a tribute to Robin on the Blu-ray, I sat through all 16 hours of his material, plucked the ones I thought 
were the funniest, storyboarded them, and you now have a bonus feature on the Blu-ray called The Genius Woo! Outtakes. All because of Eric here. So you can thank Cameron, you guys enjoy. I won't lie, I've gotten a CD of it. Amazing. Now there's a few things that didn't quite make it into that reel, more for time than anything else. You know, there's a couple I can remember. One, one is, you know, he, he says, uh, what's your name? Uh, Latin, call me Gene. Sometimes you can call me Betty, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, there was another one, you know, he did the voice of the narrator as well. And it was Jeffrey Katzenberg's idea to do a la Jonathan Winters, the great improv comedian, for when Robin did the narrator's voice, fill a cardboard box full of props and cover it over. And then when Robin comes in and you turn on the mic, pull off the cover and he will improv with whatever he pulls out of the box as the narrator trying to sell you this stuff. Um, and some of it is in the movie, like, oh, this is very rare, Dead Sea Tupperware, ah, still good. That's still in the movie. But there's one that got away. I couldn't find the actual recordings for it. At one point, he pulls up a bra. Look at this, a double slingshot. Look at this, a double yarmulke. I should have called her. Anyway. So you guys get to enjoy this really, really great special piece. Thanks to Eric here. You know, real quick, you talked. We, we just talked about improv, you know, in that story itself. There was so much improv in this film, probably more than any other animation that Disney has done. And as an animator, you often have an expectation of what's going to get recorded and, and what you're going to be drawing and how those two come together. But with Robin Williams, it didn't obviously work that way because you didn't know what you were going to get. How did that change the humor in, in your world from an animation perspective? Well, I think it made Aladdin one of the most freewheeling improvisational films we ever could do. And given that animation is a very time-consuming, labor-intensive, pre-planned medium, the fact that Robin gave us that license to be as freewheeling as we could, and it kind of gave us the license to put jokes on top of jokes on top of jokes. So, for example, when he's looking through his royal recipes, you know, and, and coming up about how to make Aladdin a prince. And he says, Alaskan king crab. Well, we put Sebastian on his finger, you know. And as a joke on top of that, Alan Minken in the score just does a little under the sea riff. As he throws Sebastian off screen. So you're getting meta jokes on top of meta jokes. When the genie leaves at the end, he comes in and he says, ah, group hug, group hug. We dressed him in the goofy hat and the Hawaiian shirt. Now, those of you who are really die-hard Disney fans may remember that the animation tour at the Disney Studio in Florida used to have a film called Back to Neverland. And Back to Neverland starred Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite. And Robin Williams was turned into an animation character. The guy who directed it used to be a Disney animator, a guy named Jerry Reese. So as a kind of tip of the hat to him and the inspiration that his film provided. Robin in that film, in live action, was dressed in a goofy hat and a Hawaiian shirt. So that's why I put him in that Genius. <laughs> in Aladdin. Genius. Genius. So. You know, we have you here today. I'm going to be a little bit of improv as well. Can we get you to draw? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we're going to really quick, because we're almost out of time here, but we're going to let um, Eric do a quick drawing. Okay. 
second. I'll kind of hold it for you. He can hold it and draw. Gosh, I could barely hold that right there. So maybe you can, as you're drawing real quick, tell us a little bit. There's so many unique characteristics about the genie. Well, one thing that's unique is the curvilinear shapes. When I first got onto the film, um, Richard Vanderwind was doing these curvy backgrounds. And I thought, okay, well, what characters fit in curvy backgrounds? You know, curvy characters, ergo my hero, Al Hirschfeld. So... The genie's got an awful lot of curves in him, which helped make him fluid. And when the genie turns into his various iterations, we always thought it would be a great idea to retain part of the genie ingredients, no matter what he turns into. So he will retain a piece of his beard, or his top knot, or his earring in his right ear, or things like that, just to let you know, yep, it's still the genie. Look at this. I mean, this is just in seconds here. This is absolutely amazing. You know, look at that. Now you all received a raffle ticket if you came in on time. Why don't you take out that raffle ticket? Because someone is going to get this, which he is signing right now. All right. The last four numbers are one, six, two, seven. Woo! All right. Congratulations. Now, don't worry if you didn't get this. I do just want to really quickly let you know that you are going home with some really great goodies today. Let's see what I've got in my magic bag here. Everyone will be leaving with um, with a set of special Aladdin postcards. Some D23 goodies, including a cell phone pouch. And Eric did do a fantastic drawing that we created as an exclusive limited lithograph. So everyone is getting a copy of this special lithograph today. And it is embossed in the bottom corner. This was created just for these three events in the three markets this weekend. So everyone will get that. So again, thank you to Eric for doing that. I want to remind everyone that Aladdin Diamond Edition is going to be on sale very soon. Actually, you can pre-order the Blu-ray. Uh, the digital version will be available on September 29th and the Blu-ray on October 13th. And I also wanted everyone to know, you know, we could have talked to Eric for hours here. Um, I did want to make sure everybody knows Eric actually has an amazingly beautiful new book that came out, An Animator's Gallery. It is available now and, you know, I, I'm certainly a fan for life. If you guys are, I recommend having the book. It's amazing to have for your collection. You know, I was supposed to be doing the introduction to the movie here, but obviously with Eric Goldberg here in the house, I think it is only right that we have him hand, I hand it over to him to do the introduction to this movie. Thank you again to everybody for being here. Well, obviously this is a movie that's very near and dear to my heart. You know, there are a lot of firsts for me on this movie. First of all, it was my first Disney gig. You know, I actually, this was my first job at Disney, was doing the genie. Uh, and I didn't know I was going to get a chance to do the genie. Uh, you know, uh, they had kind of lured me over from where I was living in London 
with the promise that John, Ross, uh, John Musker and Ron Clements were going to be doing the Latin, and maybe they're going to get Robin Williams to do the genie. Anyway, so we moved to Los Angeles, and um, John and Ron gave me the script. Now, they have the talent to actually write the script in the voice of the actor they would like to cast. So they gave me the script to read for, you know, well, I guess maybe uh, a week. And they said, let's see if there's a character that you might be interested in. So, of course, the genie's leaping off the page. And, you know, the, um, I go in the next week and they say, so uh, we're thinking of giving you the genie. And I go, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was so excited. I locked myself out of my rental car and they had to call security to bring me back in. Thus, my inauspicious start at Disney's. Um, and the other thing that was just so much fun was knowing that we were making something that Disney's had never done before. It still has tons of heart, you know, which make it a Disney, which makes it a Disney movie. You know, you still have to believe that the genie and the and Aladdin are giving something up when they part company at the end of the film. Without that warmth, you know, without that emotion, you know, the funny stuff would be funny, but it wouldn't resonate in the same way. And, uh, you know, just the, the joy we had, you know, there were certain things that we could do. We were given license because of the humor in it. I'll just tell you one and then we'll get on with the movie. Uh, when originally we animated the Friend Like Me sequence, um, they took it to a preview audience and, um, the executives came back, I won't say which one, um, but he says, guys, guys, when, we're not getting any applause at the end of Friend Like Me, do something, we're not getting any applause. So I put an applause sign on the genie's back. <laughs> and it stayed. <laughs> anyway, enjoy the film, thanks for coming. For Disneyland Resort News. My dad, Crush, totally loves this park. Hey, did you ever find Nemo? Well, you all know that this time of year is our favorite time to visit the Disneyland Resort. We just love all the fall and Halloween decorations, and the chill in the air just makes it so comfortable. We love it. Plus, it was you know the first time of the year that I ever went to Disneyland. So these tips are designed to help you enjoy your Disneyland Resort visit during our favorite time of the year. Now, be sure to spend some time over at Big Thunder Mountain Ranch, Big Thunder Ranch. They always decorate in the best fall and Halloween stuff, and they have a lot of activities for guests surrendered, uh, centered around uh, Halloween, and it's just, you know, a whole lot of fun. If you're planning a visit this season, do not miss heading over to Big Thunder Ranch because it's going to be the last time you get a chance to do that. They close it in January of 2016 to build the new Star Wars land. And if you're visiting the resort for this season, but aren't planning on attending Mickey's Halloween party, consider visiting the park on a day that the party isn't happening. They usher guests without tickets out at 6 or 7 p.m. depending on when the party begins that evening. And be sure to ride all the special Halloween overlay attractions like Space Mountain and the Haunted Mansion. Well, that's episode 117 wrapped up in a, hey, we're still looking for a new podcast sponsor so we can continue to bring you the Disneyland Magic Podcast. And if you, if you have any interesting Disney stories, we want to hear about them. 
You can send those to us at talespodcast at cox.net. Or if you're interested in being a Sigma sponsor, you can send your inquiry there too. And don't forget to check out All Hack. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash talespodcast. We post all kinds of fun videos there and you're not going to want to miss them. You know why? Why? Well, because if you don't go over there, then you're not going to see the Aladdin video that we're going to post. See? Right. See how that works? I do. You can hear our show on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to all your favorite shows directly from your smart devices. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Why not? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com or in your app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. You can also catch the latest episodes of our favorite shows on Stitcher. Podcasts like Take Him With You, Inside the VoiceOver Studio, The VoiceOver Journey with Wayne Henderson, and many, many more like Stories of the Magic. Hey! And be sure to follow us on Twitter for any cool updates or announcements. You can find us at Tales Podcast. And did you know that we have a Facebook page? What? We What? Get out of here. We do? We sure do. <laughs> Just go to Facebook and search for Tales from the Mouse House Podcast. And be sure to like us while you're there, please. And if you'd like to submit a review of a Disney movie or maybe an attraction or restaurant, we want to hear about them. And don't forget... Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron just came out, so you can always review that and send it in to us. And please, how about hopping over to iTunes and leave some feedback and ratings for the show? We really need your positive feedback and ratings. Five stars would help push the show up in the ratings. So if you like the podcast, why not tell everyone so they can like it too? And that would help the show be found easier. As always, if you'd like to send us a comment or just say, Hiya, pal! You can send us an email to talespodcast at cox.net, leave us voicemail on the hotline at 304-TALES23, send us a tweet or message on Facebook, or just think happy thoughts our way. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Storyteller Audio Productions. All Disneyland music and related materials remain the property and copyright of the Disney Company. Thanks for tuning in and welcoming us into your homes. And remember, make make it it a a Mickey Mickey Day! day. And don't forget, Marvels. Uh oh. <laughs> okay, ready? <Yeah. laughs> I was confused. And please, how about hopping over to iTunes and leave some feedings? <laughs> I'm gonna feed nom 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 nom. <laughs> <My> claw. <laughs> All right, ready?